Hello, everyone. It's been really lovely to be here this morning. As one by one people arrived, there's been such a buzz. Really, really beautiful. It's great to be part of this family. So this month, the theme that we've been looking at has been about loving our neighbour. Uh, it's an outward vision, okay, this particular month. And, um, oh, good. I've chosen a background that doesn't really show up on here because I'm not good at tech. But even if you can't read this, don't worry. It's more there to remind me what I'm supposed to talk about next than anything, okay? <laughs> and so I listened to Nathan speak the other week. I think it must have been the Sunday night. And he brought a particular version of a well-known scripture in the Gospels where somebody went up to Jesus and said, you know, what are the greatest commandments? Because this person wanted to be sure that they were on the right track and that they were going to be okay with God. And Jesus answered using Old Testament scripture first, and you can probably finish these sentences off for me. You shall love the Lord your God with all your, and all your, yeah, it's okay, and all your, yeah, so I'll read it off here. <laughs> your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I mean, basically, every blooming thing you've got. Okay, so the guy would have thought, well, I've heard that before. And then he said, and in the version that Nathan brought to us, I think it might have been the New Living Translation. And equally, and that was the word that got me. And equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. And so uh, this morning we're going to explore a little bit about loving our neighbor. Really, there's three elements in, in this verse, isn't there? That one of giving your all to God, loving your neighbor. And there's a third element about coming to love yourself as well. And all three of those, when we start to get those lined up well in our lives, that's when there's a kind of catalytic reaction. And we really start to enjoy being a Christian and we really get effective. And I have a little personal theory that when those three are out of kilter, that's when we're not enjoying it so well and not representing him so well. Okay. So, Holy Spirit, we just ask you, every one of us, would you join me in this prayer to come amongst us with a spirit of wisdom and revelation this morning? We choose to open up our hearts and our minds to you so that you can speak to us as individuals to help us, Lord, so that we can totally enjoy you and be effective in your kingdom. Amen. So I'm going to try this wonderful dunker thing here. Hey, 
and just see what happens when I do that. Oh, yeah, it goes back. That's great. And so here's our question. I'll read it because it's not that clear. I can see, do I love my neighbour? Um, a few years back, this question hit me <laughs> right in here after many years of leading a, uh, this church and being involved in different sorts of ministry, I'd realised that my life, my diary, everything had got so full of meetings to do with Christianity that I could not put my hand on my heart and say, I do love my neighbour. Because I couldn't have even told you the names of my literal neighbours that I'd lived next door to for too many years. I'm ashamed to say I didn't know them. They didn't know me. And so it would have been disingenuous of me to go, oh, yes, I love my neighbour. If you'd asked them, you know, what impact has Heather had on this neighbourhood? You know, she's a Christian leader, don't you know? <laughs> I, they would have gone, Who? What? And that was a real, they say, aha moment for me, where I knew I'd got to do something about it. And I realised that I needed to get practical. So I want to invite you to join me in this journey. I'm sure some of you are way ahead of where I was back then. But some of you may also resonate a little bit with this, when you actually think about the people amongst whom you live. Okay. So let's get practical. Would you just picture in your mind's eye your actual neighbours? You know, to the left or right, in front, behind, if you're in flats, above, below. Okay. And just think about them for a moment. Jesus knows their name. Jesus died because he wants them. He thinks they're amazingly valuable. He likes them and he likes them more than you and I like them. And he'd like us to like them like he does. <laughs> oh, I can feel his spirit on that. Shall I say it again? He'd like us to like them like he does. <laughs> So, yeah. And what kind of connection do I actually have with my neighbours? Just think that through for a moment, you know. How do you see them? When do you see them? What do you do when you see them? What kind of relationship have you got with your neighbours? As I say, some of you may have a great relationship and may have gone a good deal along the way of forming a relationship through which God could do something. Because the realisation hit me that I was never going to be able to share the gospel with them in the level of relationship that I had it would have been awkward. They'd have been my project. And it probably would have 
fallen on deaf ears. Walls would have gone up. Have you got the kind of relationship where you could imagine them knocking on your door and saying, as my neighbour has now said to me, uh, Heather, my daughter's being rushed into hospital and um, there's something wrong with her brain. Will you pray? And to be able to stand on the doorstep, put your arm around that person and say, let's pray together. Speak peace into the parent and pray for the child. You know, it, is it at that level? Maybe it's further on than that. But do they know that you're a safe place? Do they know that they can come to you without strings attached? Do they know that they will find help if they knock on your door? Do they know that if they tell you their stuff, they won't hear it coming back to them through someone else or through Facebook? Do they know that you actually are the representation of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit on your patch? Have you realized that you are God's priest on your street? As far as God's view of you is, is this. If you love him and you've invited him into your heart, he thinks you're part of a royal priesthood. As in uh, the letter of Peter. And he thinks he can depend on you to do three things in your community. One is to carry the presence of God wherever you go. The other is to make your home a place of prayer and worship. You stand before him and you minister to him, not just here, but on the bit that you're responsible for, the bit of land you own or rent. And the third thing he thinks he can rely on you and I to do as part of his royal priesthood is this. Pronounce blessings in his name. He doesn't want us to be people who are going to him telling on our neighbours. Oh God, they're an awful lot. They're so worldly. They're so into all their stuff. Their relationships are breaking down. This is unhealthy. They're not good parents. Da, 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 da. Telling him the things that he's already aware of. And by speaking them out, consolidating the problem. What he wants us to be able to do is to connect with our neighbours. Know what his heart would be towards them because he's chosen mercy to triumph over judgment in this era hasn't he to be able to speak words of mercy and kindness and affirmation and love contrary sometimes to what you see in front of you he thinks he can depend on us to bless our neighbours through prayer and action, because we're the priest on that patch. 
and he's given you and he's given me delegated authority in the name of Jesus to do that. And so you have the right and the responsibility to release blessings, which are the things that change the atmosphere, which are the things that change a person's heart, which are the things that he uses to touch a person and powerfully transform. So we need a connection and we need something to change in here where we see ourselves like God sees us. Okay, I'm going to try this again. Here we go. Love is not just a feeling. It looks like something. So you, you might say, well, do I love my neighbor? Well, I don't have any animosity towards them, so I guess I love them. Love looks like something tangible. It isn't just a feeling. And so let's look at some examples, scriptural examples of that. One of the great examples is in the gospel. Uh, in, I think it's in Luke. You can read the story, which is known the story of the Good Samaritan. And this follows where Jesus has been asked about what those great commands are. And he said, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And the person then replies, well, who is my neighbor? You know, where does that boundary line end? Is it just my immediate neighbor? Is it the one next door? Is it everybody in my village? Everybody in my town, everybody in my school, everybody in the world, everybody in the world where, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answers through telling the story about a person who got beaten up, set upon by robbers and left for dead. And um, the first characters, as you perhaps know the story, that come along uh, Sadly, I would have resembled them in my previous state that I was telling you about because they were off to some meeting somewhere probably because they were very important religious people <laughs> and too busy. They might be late for their meeting if they stopped and they pass by, don't they? They were people that you know, you might have had an expectation could have done something because they had resources and they had a religious background. But they passed by the poor old soul that got beaten up, didn't they? And in the story, Jesus picks what in that day and culture would have been perhaps your most surprising person, the Samaritan who was not very valued in that culture or society, the Samaritan comes along, sees the person in need. We know the story, uh, but binds up his wounds, takes him to a place to rest, pays for his recuperation, and goes on his way. And Jesus says, well, who was the neighbor then? Not who is my neighbor, but who is a neighbor? <laughs> and the answer was the one who did something about it. So this is the word of God to us today. Am I a neighbor? 
is the question he's wanting to ask. Am I a neighbour? Are there people being put in front of me on my course in life, actually in my street, you know, on my journey to work, who metaphorically have got a bit beaten up and a bit robbed? (laughs) And can he depend on me to be the good Samaritan instead of the um, one that's so much on a train track of where they're going and what they're doing that they can't see it. Yeah? Um, So love looks like helping. Love looks like mercy giving. Love looks like giving some aid, doing the bit you can do. You might not be able to solve everything. He's not telling us to solve everything. He's just asking us to use what we have got in some way. Love looks like giving some support. Love looks like doing what we can for the one in front of us. So the one in front of us is our neighbour and he's saying, are you being a (laughs) neighbour? Love looks like prayer. Does my prayer life include people outside of me, my family, and the things I want. And it's a, there's a really, really easy way of beginning to transform our prayer lives by using this little acrostic called the BLESS acrostic, B-L-E-S-S acrostic. So if you're already thinking, oh, I just need something simple to help me get started or restart myself with something like this, here's the simplest thing in the world that you could do. You could, each day of the week, Monday to Friday, give yourself the weekend off. Um, Monday to Friday, take one of those letters and decide you're going to pray for the B for body, the health of one of your neighbours. I bet everybody here has got a neighbour who's not very well in some way. B is for the body, their body, for their health. Okay? Maybe on Tuesday, I'm only suggesting, you don't have to do this. L, what's that for? Labour, their work. To bless their work, that they prosper in work or get work. And that it goes well for them at work. Because God's wanting to touch people, but he's given the responsibility to the priesthood to do that. And we can do that when we pronounce the blessings. We speak them out into the atmosphere, over our roads and so on. E, emotional lives. That's a biggie, isn't it? So much stress about Speak peace into our neighbourhoods, our people's lives that live near us. Uh, Social life, the connections, friendships, that there would be none lonely where we live. Wouldn't that look beautiful? And maybe on the Friday, the fifth day, you could pray or bless their spiritual lives. Pray for dreams, visions and divine encounters to come to their lives so that when you have a coffee with them, you could say, 
have you ever had a spiritual dream? And there you go, into a conversation. So it looks like mercy. It looks like us including our actual neighbours in our prayers. And it looks like us sharing the benefits of the kingdom. Do you know this year we've had more and more testimonies of breakthrough in our church community. Of salvations, there's been a salvation nearly every week. Of healings, it's been amazing. And just that lovely flow this morning of all that good news. And that was the tip of the iceberg. It's been incredible. We, ha- we are enjoying the benefits of the kingdom. And what he's wanting us to do is to let those spill over to the people around us. That they can hear how they can get saved. That they can hear that there's a supernatural solution to the health problems they're struggling with. That there's a God who wants to help meet their needs so that they've got enough to live and enough to give. There's a God who can deliver us from depression and mental health issues and stuff that oppresses us. And there's a God who can give wisdom for decision-making and guidance. We've had testimonies of every single one of those things I've listed probably this month in this place that our God does these things and he would like us to tell the stories of that around and you know when you tell the stories then people say oh I know somebody who could do with that and an opportunity opens up for us to step and say okay well I'll agree with you for that Let's just bless them now to pray, lay hands, or bless from a distance. So, how are we doing for time? Good. Let's move on. Um, I've done that one. Going the wrong way. Okay. Sometimes we need to get unstuck from where we've got into a groove. I certainly needed to. I'd got myself stuck with a routine that made it difficult for me to become that neighbour. Okay? And you can think of it like this. There's that beautiful miracle in the Gospels where Jesus raises Lazarus. And he's alive. I was alive. I got life in me like Lazarus. But as he came out the tomb, he had all this stuff, all the grave clothes wrapped around him, didn't he? So he was alive, but he just didn't look very alive. And he was alive and he wasn't able to do much because he was bound up in a way making him ineffective. And this isn't the only interpretation of this scripture. It is just one. But sometimes we get in a routine in our day, in our week, in our month and our year where we are so in a groove of I do this on Monday and I do that on Tuesday and I do this on a Thursday and da 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 and every uh, and I like to sit on this chair and I have this here and we watch this at nine o'clock and we go to bed at this and we and I've got to I can't do that because I've got to look after this and there's 
inflexibility that keeps us stuck in unfruitfulness. So just think about your neighbours. Think about what fruit has been born in recent weeks, month or year with your neighbour. And what might you need to get loosened off? (laughs) What might you have to shed to be more available, to be divertible by God, like the Samaritan was diverted so that something different could happen. Because if you and I carry on doing the same thing, the same thing will keep happening. If we want something better to happen, we've got to do something a bit different. So, yeah, what we need to do to get unstuck is to take off grey cloth mentality of unfruitful patterns, lifestyles or mindsets. Because we are alive, but sometimes we get bound up and unavailable through our own habits and choices. They're not bad habits. They're not evil. They're just holding us. And we need to put on the bit of the armour. We all know about the armour, helmet of salvation, belt of truth. On our feet, the sandals, which is the readiness of the gospel to get ready, get available, get ready. Because I, I can tell you that actually loving your neighbour is one of the greatest rewards you can enjoy. When the connections are good and you see the kingdom starting to come, it's like, wow, this is lovely. I really like it. And remember that motto, if you want something different to happen, you have to do something different. So right now, Holy Spirit, I pray for any heart, any person present who actually would like to get unstuck and would like something better to happen. I pray that you would drop into their thoughts right now anything that they could do a bit different this week. Anything. Walk a different way to work. Get up at a different time. Join a different club. I don't know what it is. Stop doing something. Start doing something else. Almost any change I think will bear fruit if you just do something a little bit different. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, 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 um. Suggestions, things that have helped me get unstuck and really start to move forward. Um, The first, it was lovely to hear that testimony about local house of prayer this morning, has been this journey um, I've been on with Joe and others uh, into something called local house of prayer, which does what it says in the tin, tin. We meet in our own home, we pray for our locality, we bless our neighbours and we see good things happen. Um, yesterday we were in Devon, weren't we, in a beautiful tiny little place called Buckland in the Moor, in a teeny weeny village hall and these 
absolutely precious uh, local Christians had invited us to go and train on Royal Wedding Day, local house of prayer training. And do you know what? They were absolutely blown away. Um, Over 55 people came because we knew 55 booked and then more turns up. And there was even a couple from Australia there. And it was bulging at the seams. And these people became passionate about seeing the kingdom of God come in their community. It was amazing. So in this church, Peter and Jane have a local house of prayer in Wimborne area. Where's Gareth and Barbara? Gareth and Barbara have one in Creekmore. And Joe and I um, do one which is sort of Beacon Hill and Corfe Mullen area. So if you'd like to find out more about it, you know, if you're not involved in some kind of prayer engagement uh, and would like to work out how to become more effective, come and talk to us or come to our next local house of prayer training day and um, see what you can glean from it that will help you get unstuck. This is now, you know, amazing. Phil and I get invited to neighbourhood barbecues and people that we'd had a very broken relationship with some years ago say to Phil now, if you're going, I'll go. It's just turned round. It's been fantastic. We've been able to pray with people, for people, do all sorts of projects, raise money for charity, lend Christian books, just all sorts. It's been brilliant. The other thing that's really helped me is this two-year journey. Uh, Two years ago, going along with Stubbsy to Eastgate and then coming and establishing Kingdom Life School, the one-year school here, because... Every Friday we go and practice giving away the love of God. And this isn't in the Bible. It says, it's <laughs> a motto, practice makes perfect. We're not perfect. But practice brings progress. Practice definitely brings progress. And so I want to commend to you the idea of doing something really radical And that is going and looking at the KLS website and asking God, would you like me to do that? Because I think without uh, exception, every person that's got involved has made progress in sharing the love of God in the community and in the street, praying for people, seeing people healed, getting prophetic words for people, leading people to the Lord. And that's what we're about. There's handbills about that. Handbills that look like that on the information table. Sarah, would you come up? Sarah is one of the KLS students. I want to give you an example of how uh, getting the grave clothes off, starting to do something different, getting equipped and trained and taking risks can begin to help us to love our neighbour. So Sarah in the Kingdom Life School chose to do the creative stream. And like all of those students, they had a project that they had to make and bring and display a few weeks ago. And Sarah's inspired idea was to make a, a small installation for the garden. And I'm going to pass to her to describe what she made and then what fruit that had with your friend. Sure. 
So um, I chose to do uh, woodwork, which was completely new. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, and I really felt that like I wanted to make a doorway because um, there's so many doorways in scripture and doorways mean so many different things. Um, so what I did was um, I made um, a garden out of reclaimed wood. And a what? Yeah, mini one. Yeah, it was about this, about this big. And um, on one side of this doorway, everything was decaying and the wood was rotten and it wasn't very nice on this side of the doorway. And then on the doorway itself was the actual cross and the doorway was slightly ajar. And when you walked in past through the doorway, you walked into a garden. So I'd planted it all out with lovely flowers, um, white for peace and and uh, for royalty, purple for royalty, and different things. And I wanted people to interpret that their own way. So for me, a doorway has been when I first first salvation, and then God has um, often led me to different doorways and said to me, which one do you want to go through? And led me into different places. So um, I d from what you're saying about being available as well, Heather, um, I had a friend contact me, and I haven't actually seen her for six years. And um, we speak to each other on Facebook and things like that. Um, but she she messaged me, and she said to me, Sarah, can I come and see you? And I was thinking, well, you can, but it's really not convenient because I've got all this stuff to finish for KLS. <laughs> I've got my art project to finish. I've got a presentation to do, and I'm about to go on mission to Burnham. So I was thinking, this just really isn't convenient. But you know what? Yes, because why, as she said, I need to, you know, can I come and see? I thought, okay, something's going on here. So, um, so I made myself available, and she came down, and we had absolutely amazing, amazing time. Um, my friend is a Hindu, Amita, um, but she's not anymore. She's a Christian. <laughs> so we had just an amazing time. Um, God had obviously been working in her um, and he'd sent her to me. And she was hungry to find out about my God um, and not her gods. And um, she was like, I really believe there's only one God, Sarah. And I was like, yes, there is. <laughs> and um, so much happened. So we've only got a short amount of time. But um, it was brilliant. It was perfect time. God's timing is perfect timing. It may not be convenient for us, but it is perfect timing. So I was preparing to go on mission. The children were praying for me. So she was surrounded with God whether she liked it or not, because there was lots going on in my household. Uh, I was talking to Jake about um, what we were going to do, and he was going to wash people's hands and give prophetic words. So she was asking me about prophetic words and what they are. And I said, well, it's just listening from, to God and giving um, encouragement to people. So she said, can you do that for me? And I was like, no, actually, I'm going to let Jake do that for you. <laughs> so I put Jake on the spot um, because I wanted it to come from somebody that wasn't her friend. So somebody would be able to speak into her life. Um, and, um, and then I was finishing off my art project as well. So I took her into the garden, and she's she's looking at it. And I didn't really need to say anything to her at all because she just got it. 
and um, she said to me, oh, Sa, this is, um, this is all the rubbish, isn't it, that's been going on with me. This is all the rubbish. And she said, I'm going to step through that door because Jesus has died for me, and I'm going to step into my God garden, aren't I? And I was like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. So. Doing something different. And God used the difference. Who would have thought an installation in your garden could be the way that one of your friends or neighbours could go through the doorway of the cross to find Jesus? It's just fantastic, isn't it? So we're just about to close now. Um, Phil, uh, the notices, the very first slide has got our declaration for this month. If we could please put that up. I've got more stories, but I'm, I'm going to have to save them for another time. Um, Denisa, could you go down the corridor and ask them to come through now? Because we would like to do this special treat for Tim and Debs. Say that we're finished. Thank you. Um, Jono, do you mind visiting these two rooms and just say... We'd like them to finish and come in because we're going to do this treat for Tim and Debs. That would be great. Thank you so much. So while we're just waiting for that to happen, this is our declaration this month. I hope you can read this one. Can you see it all right? Shall we stand in agreement and make this declaration together? After three. Now that we know we are loved by God, we can love ourselves and pass love on to those around us. Amen. That was my closing prayer. <laughs>